This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and good evening. Tonight we begin with Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband. Boy, what a career she had. An actress, comedian, model, film studio executive, and producer. She was best known as the star of the self-produced I Love Lucy show and all of the rest of the Lucy spinoffs. Ball's career began in 1929 when she landed work as a model. And shortly thereafter, she began her performing career on Broadway using the stage name Diane Belmont. She later appeared in several minor film roles in the 30s and 40s as a contract player for RKO Radio Pictures, being cast as a chorus girl or in similar roles. During this time, she met Cuban bandleader Desi Arnaz, and the two eloped in November of 1940. In 1948, she was cast as Liz Cougat, later Cooper, a wacky wife in My Favorite Husband, a radio program for CBS, which we'll hear very shortly. The program was successful, and CBS asked her to develop it for television. She agreed, but insisted on working with her real-life husband, Cuban bandleader Desi Arnaz. CBS executives were rather reluctant, thinking the public would not accept an all-American redhead and a Cuban as a couple. Now, CBS was initially not impressed with the pilot episode produced by the couple's Desilu Productions Company, so the couple toured the road in a vaudeville act with Lucy as the zany housewife wanting to get in Arnez's show. The tour was a great success, and CBS put I Love Lucy into their lineup, and it became one of the most beloved programs in television history. The I Love Lucy show was not only a star vehicle for Lucille Ball, but also a way for her to try to salvage her marriage to Arnez, which had become badly strained, in part because both had hectic performing schedules, which often kept them apart. Well, let's listen in while she and hubby George quibble over what to do tonight. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Yes, it's the Gay Family Series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Transcribed and brought to you by the Jell-O family of dessert. J-E-L-L-O Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Slash Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O pudding. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O got the pudding. Yes, And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper, two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Coopers, it's breakfast time. Liz and George are having an argument about their plans for the evening. Liz wants to go to a symphony concert, and George wants to have a 
poker game. Concert. Poker. Concert. Poker. Concert. Poker. Poker. Concert. All right, we'll go to the concert. <laughs> now, wait a minute. You said concert. Well, I didn't mean it. I was tricked into it. Oh, gee, Liz. Why are we arguing so much lately? Well, it's all your fault. Whenever I want to do something, you want to do something else. But, honey, think of the fun we could have playing poker with other couples. Other men's wives know how to play poker. <laughs> now what's the matter? You don't love me. <laughs> you wish you were married to a poker player. Oh, now, honey, I didn't mean to say I can that... see it all now. The bride looked lovely in a white satin gown, sleeve bands, and a green eye shade. <laughs> Oh, Liz, please, now calm down, honey. I'm sorry I upset you. Then you'll go to the concert? No. All right, go ahead and play poker, and I hope your partner trumps your full house. This was the best luncheon our club's had in a long time. Didn't you think so, Liz? Oh, I don't think so much of it, Iris. Didn't you like your chicken patty? Well, I didn't get any chicken. All I got was patty. <laughs> well, our guest speaker seemed to enjoy his lunch. He's had three helpings. Yeah, if he eats any more, we'll lose money on him. What's he going to talk about? How to be happy, though married. Oh. I better introduce him. Ladies! Uh, quiet, ladies. Girls! <laughs> it is my pleasure to present to you one of the world's greatest authorities on successful and happy marriages, Professor Philip Milmoth. <laughs> Professor Milmoth, that's you. They're waiting. Huh? Oh. Pardon me till I take a swallow of coffee. <laughs> ah, there. <clears throat> Ladies, I speak to you today on one of the most wonderful of human achievements, a happy marriage. But don't take that plate, I haven't finished the pastry. <laughs> <laughs> now, ladies, the trouble with most marriages lies with you. Be, be a pal to your husband. <laughs> learn, learn to like the things he likes. Be interested in his hobbies. For this way lies peace and happiness in marriage. Uh, I'd like to ask a question, Professor. Certainly. Uh, why does it always have to be the woman who gives in? A very interesting question. And the answer lies in my book, which will be sold at the door as you leave. <laughs> Price of 79 cents. <laughs> Let me quote from page 65. Quote, be, be your husband's best friend. Be like his dog. <laughs> You'll never hear a man arguing with his dog. But, Professor... I haven't finished. No, sorry. 
unquote. <laughs> yes? Well, Professor, I'm going to try your system about being like my husband's dog. Almost. What do you mean, almost? Well, I don't mind running out to greet him when he whistles, or even running and jumping into his lap. But I'll be darned if I'll sit on the floor and lick his hand while he's eating dinner. <laughs> But Mr. Cooper just came home. You asked me to tell you. Oh, thank you, Katie. I'll go right in and give him the mill moth treatment. Uh, beg pardon? I'm going in and be a pal to George. I'm going to be interested in everything he is. I hope it works. Uh, he's in there reading the paper. Good. I'll start with that. I'll read the paper and discuss it with him. Well, this ought to be interesting. Hello, George. How's my little husband tonight? Your husband is fine, and he is not going to that concert. Oh, who cares about an old concert anyway? Give me part of the paper, old pal. All right. Here's the society page. Society page? Oh, give me something interesting. Where's the sports section? Sports section? Mm -hmm. I've never seen you read the sports section. Oh, I never miss it. Give it to me. I'll read it to you. Well, this should be interesting. Well, let's see now. Uh... William's Bags Crown by Tico in eight. Tico. <laughs> That's T-K-O. Well, how would you pronounce it? <laughs> Technical knockout. Oh. Well, I never cared much for basketball anyway. <laughs> I see. Well, now, here's something I didn't know about. Midget racing. What about it? They ought to be ashamed making those little men run around the track. <laughs> Thank you, Ted Husey. And you didn't think I knew anything about sports, did you? Tell me, Red Barber, what else is new in the sports world? Oh, my goodness. It's not bad enough with midgets. Now they're racing little girls. This I've got to see. It says so right here. Yesterday at Tanferan, a race was won by a three-year-old maiden. <laughs> this can't be happening. She certainly was carrying a lot of money for a little girl. She had $2,000 in her purse. <laughs> oh, Liz, that would do credit to Grantland Rice. To what? Haven't you ever heard of Grantland Rice? Certainly I've heard of Grantland Rice, but I never tasted it. <laughs> oh, no. George, I have something nice to tell you. I'm not going to the concert tonight. You're not? No, I'm going to be a real pal to you. I'm going to share your interests. I'm going to stay home and play poker with you and Mr. Atterbury and the boys from the bank. You're what? But, but you don't know how to play poker. Well, I'm going to learn how. I've got a whole hour before they get here. Oh. Well, now that you're all here, we might as well get started with a poker game, huh, fellas? Yeah, you're sure you boys don't mind if Liz plays with us? No, we're delighted. <laughs> 
I wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> well, batter up. <laughs> what? She means set him up in the other alley. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> well, let's start. You deal, Joe. All right. Oh, isn't this fun? I just love playing poker. All right, Liz. It's up to you. What is? <laughs> you start. Start what? <laughs> you pass. Pass what? <laughs> Can you open? Open what? <laughs> what have you got in your hands? Any pairs? No, they're all different numbers. Can anybody open? All right, throw your cards in. Funny thing, they were all different numbers, but they were all the same suit. <laughs> your deal, Mr. Atterbury. Do I have to? <laughs> Look, why don't we all go off by ourselves and play solitaire? No, I want to play poker. Oh, uh, well, here we go. Ooh, a queen Liz, never mind Ooh, there's your sister <laughs> Liz, you're supposed to keep your cards a secret Ooh What did you get, Mr. Atterbury? I shouldn't talk, but tell your two Andrews sisters not to wait up for Laverne <laughs> I, uh, I open for two. I'm in. I'm in. Put in two chips, Liz. Okay. Cards? They're in your hand. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Give me two. Three. How many cards do you want, Liz? Oh, do I get more? You throw away the worst cards in your hand and try to draw better ones. Why? Because that's the way you play poker! <laughs> oh. Well, which one should I throw away? The two queens or the three fives? No! Because as much as I hate to admit it, you win. I do? Oh, this is fun. Come on, deal him again. I can play poker all night. <laughs> Mr. Atterbury, are you busy? Can I see you a minute? Of course, George. Come on in. What's on your mind, boy? Well, it's Liz. Oh, this, this pal business is driving me nuts. If last night was an example, boy, I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about that, sir. Oh, that's all right. I was honored to be present on such a memorable occasion. I can always tell my grandchildren that I was there the night poker died. <laughs> oh, it's, it's awful. She, she wants to do everything I do. I'm, 
I'm going on a camping trip this weekend to get rid of it. Wait a minute, boy. I have an idea. Take Liz on the trip with you. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, very funny, Mr. Adams. No, no, I mean it. Take Liz with you and work her head off. By the time she's hiked through the woods, waded through icy streams, and slept on the cold ground, she'll be plenty sick of being your boon companion. Hey, that's, that's a good idea. Good, my foot, it's sheer genius. <laughs> I'll do it. I- I've got to stop this thing somewhere. I'll say you do, boy. First thing you know, Liz will be buying you mother and daughter sun suits. <laughs> we find Liz still concentrating on being a pal to George. Right now, they're getting ready to go on a camping trip. Mrs. Cooper, here's the box of food I fixed for the trip. Oh, thank you, Katie. We're just about ready to leave. Oh, I'll get it. Hello? Hello, Liz? Oh, hi, Iris. We're just leaving. Don't go, girl. You're about to be booby-trapped. What are you talking about? Do you know why George is taking you to the mountains? Certainly, because I'm his boon companion. The way I heard it, Boone plans to get rid of his companion. (laughs) What do you mean? George is going to wear you out hiking and fishing and camping. He's sick of having you for a pal. I don't believe it. It's true. Rudolph came home from the bank looking like the cat who swallowed the canary. And you wheedled it out of him. Who has to wheedle that big blabbermouth? Well, Iris, thanks a lot for telling me. Well, that's okay, girl. I suppose you won't go now. Of course I'm going. And I've got a plan, Iris. Will you help me? Glad to. I'm never too busy to help a wife take a swipe at a husband. <laughs> Good, Iris. Now, you follow us in your car, and whatever you do, keep out of sight. Now, here's what I want you to do. <laughs> This mountain air is wonderful. I never get enough of it. Oh, boy, it sure is great. Hey, this looks like a good trout stream. Yeah, this looks like a good one. I'll tell you what. Let's split up and and see who catches the most fish. (laughs) All right. I'm going up around that bend there. Now, wait. I'll I'll do you a favor. Don't go up there. It's it's too shallow, not enough rapids. There aren't any fish there. Oh, but it's so pretty. All right, have it your way. I'll see you later, and I'll have a look. All right, goodbye. Let's see now. She should be right up around the bend here. Liz! Oh, over here. Oh, Iris, there you are. Have you got them? The best they had at the market. (laughs) Six trout. Aren't they beauties? Oh, wonderful. Throw them to me, Iris. What for? Well, then I won't be lying when I tell George I caught them. <laughs> Here, girl. Oh, thanks. Take them off the string before you show them to George. Yeah, I will. I'll see you later. Wait for me. I'll wait right here where I was before. <laughs> George! 
was right, huh? It would take a magician to catch a fish up there. Shake hands with Houdini. <laughs> what do you mean? Haven't you caught any fish yet? Oh, have you? Only these. Only the... Liz, where did you get all those trout? I caught them. In a stream? Yeah. Those are lake trout. <laughs> Well, maybe they got lost. Very strange. Well, I can't hope to beat that catch. Uh, you feel up to hiking back to camp? Sure. Well, we can take it easy. It's uh, pretty rough on you. Rough? Why, well, I can beat you back to camp any day. Oh, you can. Certainly. I'll tell you what, I'll race you back to camp. Oh, you're going to be smart, huh? All right, I'll tell you what. Since I'm a man, I'll give you a head start. Well, since I'm a woman, I'll take it. Goodbye, George. Goodbye. I'll be seeing you in a minute when I pass you. Hurry up. I'll give you five minutes. <laughs> I'll have dinner waiting for you when you get back. Now, where did Iris get to? Oh, there you are. How'd everything go? Oh, fine, Iris. Do you have your car here? Well, sure. Why? I'm hiking back to camp in it. Hurry up before George comes trotting by. <laughs> Gee, it's getting dark, Iris. Any sign of George yet? No. I hope he isn't lost. Oh, wait a minute. There he comes now, down the road. Where? I don't see anyone. Look a little lower. He's crawling on his hands and knees. <laughs> i better get out of here before he sees me. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Thanks for everything. Uh-huh. George! Is that you? How'd it go? <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it, pal? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like hiking, is there? <laughs> George, you aren't tired, are you? Oh, <laughs> George, say something Water I'm sorry, George I used the water I got back so early I had time to wash my hair You You got back that early? Yes, but I must admit I cheated I ran most of the way (laughs) George, if you're that tired You better go to bed Remember, you promised to take me hunting at 5 o'clock in the morning. Now, are you sure you have everything straight, Iris? Well, I I think so, Liz. How's George this morning? Oh, the poor guy. He was so tired, it was a shame to get him out of bed. Now, now review this once more with me. Okay. I hide up in that oak tree. Yeah. And every time you shoot, I throw down a dead duck. (laughs) That's right, and if you don't, I'll be a likewise. (laughs) Now, what if we shoot at a target? Well, you're going to choose that horseshoe attached to the fence over there. Yeah. And I'll bang this one with a rock. Like this. Good. Oh, start climbing. Here comes Joe. Okay. Ready to go, Liz? Yes, George. Now, here's your rifle. Let's start hunting. I want to shoot some ducks. 
Duck? Hmm? <laughs> Why, there aren't any ducks within a hundred miles of here. <laughs> well, I don't know. These look like pretty good duck trees. <laughs> Liz, you'll find ducks in swamps, not in trees. Want to bet? <laughs> All right, go ahead. If there's a duck in any of these trees, my name isn't George Cooper. We'll just see. Here goes. Well? <laughs> what did you say, Sam? I don't get it, Liz. What's the matter? First, you catch a lake trout in the stream. <laughs> and now you shot a duck that's marked bird's eye frozen food. <laughs> we'll shoot at something we can see uh, A bottle or a can or a... Hey, wait a minute, there's a horseshoe over there on the fence Horseshoe? Oh, no, we don't want to shoot at that Oh, yes, we do But it's so little Oh, maybe you're right Okay, you talked me into it <laughs> Here I go My gosh, you did it Nothing to it. Watch this one. With my eyes closed yet. Ha, ha, ha! You missed it. <laughs> one of my slow ones. Give me that gun, Liz. I'll show you some real fancy shooting. What kind? There's an old hen up in that tree. There is? Yeah. An old hen in green slacks. Bet I can bring her down with one shot. Now watch this. One, two... Don't shoot, Cheap trick you pulled on me. Well, it was a dirty trick you pulled on me, bringing me up here to run me ragged. Well. Oh, come on and make up, George. Let's not be pals or companions. Let's not even be friends anymore. Let's just go back to being man and wife. <laughs> Listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's transcribed program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The part of Katie the Maid was played by Ruth Parrott. Watch for Lucille Ball in Fancy Pants with Bob Hope. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband again next week, presented by... J.P. Cow Cow.
Stay tuned for Inner Sanctum next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. As a kid, I distinctly remember sitting in front of that big radio set, a Philco, I think. Anyway, uh, being scared out of my wits by the shows on Inner Sanctum. Tonight, the episode is entitled Dead to Rights. Lipton Tea and Lipton Soup present Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Good evening, friends. This is your host of the Inner Sanctum, welcoming you again through the squeaking door for an hallucinating good time. Why am I smiling? But I always smile when I open the squeaking door on Tuesday nights. You see, each week when I say, good evening, I think to myself, a good evening for what? And of course, there's only one answer to that question. A good evening for murder. <laughs> A fine thing to say. You wouldn't feel so chipper about it if you were going to be murdered. Why, Mary, there's no bigger thrill than to be murdered. Why, it happens only once in a lifetime. <laughs> well, I know something else like that. Now, don't tell me that Lipton tea... No, I'm not thinking about Lipton tea. I'm talking about that solid sterling silver medallion that the Lipton Tea people are offering to the ladies. Yes, ladies, it's the chance of a lifetime to get a lovely piece of jewelry. The kind you find at those smart shops on Fifth Avenue in New York. Now, let me tell you about the medallion. It's made of real sterling silver. It's about an inch in diameter, and it's decorated with a Chinese inscription. The medallion is hung on a narrow black rayon satin ribbon, so it can be worn as a necklace, a choker, or you can simply add it to your charm bracelet. And here's how you get the medallion. Just send 25 cents and the box top from a package of Lipton's, the tea with the brisk flavor, to the Lipton Tea People, Box 92, New York City. Yes, that's Box 92 in New York City. And now... It's time to begin. Our story is called Dead to Rights. It's an original spine tingler by Sigmund Miller. And our stars tonight are two radio favorites, Elspeth Eric and Santos Ortega. So relapse in your chair, settle down for a half hour of alarming but charming entertainment. Why not get really reckless tonight? Go the whole works. 
Turn off the main switch in the cellar. The darker it is, the more strange things you'll see. Lou Dunn is nervously pacing his room in a dingy boarding house near the East River in Manhattan. His wife, Dottie, is looking at an old newspaper. That's him, Dottie. You can see for yourself. This is Jensen, that queer old guy. He lives upstairs with $20,000. Mm-hmm. That's him, all right. That money. Only a floor above us. According to this paper, William Jensen was found wandering through the streets in a semi-conscious condition through lack of food. The police discovered $20,000 in $100 bills mixed with crusts of bread in his pockets. He's being sent to Bellevue Hospital for observation. That newspaper's more than a month old. Mm. Jensen's been back for two weeks. Hey, Daddy. Hmm? Must be somewhere we can get that money. There is. You mean Robin? Robin? Maybe kill him? Kill him? If you're not scared. Scared? I ain't scared of anything. I know you. You always talk tough, and that's about all. I'm not scared. You could knock him off. Make it look like suicide. You really want to do it? Yeah, sure. I have to put my hands in it. Twenty grand. Boy, we couldn't do with that money. It'll be easy. If we do it smart. Very smart. Sure, sure. Maybe... Maybe you could sort of visit him. Just before he goes to bed. Turn on the gas. That'd make it look like suicide. Then we could go back and pick up the money. Not, Not all of it. We'll leave half of it so it won't look like robbery. Sure. He's a crazy guy. It's natural for a crazy guy to knock himself off. Mm-hmm. When are we doing? Well, if we're going to do it, we've got to do it right now. We'll never have the guts to do it later. Are you sure you want to do it, Lou? Sure. Sure I do, Daddy. Mrs. Scully was going to the movies. What time is it now? It's uh, five to ten. She won't be back till after eleven. The only one gives us about an hour. Oh, you've got plenty of time. Jensen goes to bed just about this time. You go on up, stay with him until he's in bed. Then, on your way out, you turn on the gas. Not too much, because that'll make a lot of noise. And keep your finger off the spigot. Use a stick or a glove or something. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay, what are you waiting for? You want me to go now? Well, what do you want to do? Die a heart failure worrying about it? Go ahead! It's me, uh, Lou Dunn, the guy that lives right under you. Oh, just a minute. I was just about to get to my bed. Is there anything special you want? Mm, no. I just had a little argument with the wife. Mm-hmm. Kind of, uh, I don't want to go back right now. Mm-hmm. You're going to teach her a lesson. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Come in. 
You can talk to me while I get into bed. Thanks a lot, Mr. Jensen. I, I, won't, I won't stay long. Mm-hmm. Are you you're going to bed right now? Yeah. Yeah. Would you mind helping me take off my shoes? Sure. I'm getting too old to bend down. Sure. Sure thing. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, that's no place to hide your money behind the pillow. Hmm? Yeah. That ain't no money. It's just a lot of pictures. It's all just pictures. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Ain't gonna be good company. Feel kind of sleepy. Well, maybe I'd better get back. Nice of you to come see me, it's freezing outside. I'd better close the windows or you'll catch cold. Well, good night, Mr. Jensen. Good night. Speaking like a trip, I'm. I get downstairs without being seen. Everything will be all right. Hey, someone's coming up the steps. It's Mrs. Scully, the landlady. It's dark. Maybe she won't recognize me. I pull my hat over my face. Mr. Dunn? I beg your pardon. Well, I'm sorry. I thought you were Mr. Dunn. It's all right. Good night. Good night. Who is it? It's me, Lo. Everything all right? Close door. What's the matter with you? Anything go wrong? We're going to be caught. Come down. Tell me what happened. I did everything you said. Everything worked fine until I got outside. I met Mrs. Scully in the hall. I pulled my hat over my face. She recognized you? She called my name. And I disguised my voice. Nothing to worry about. I'm sure she knew it was me. We're going to get caught. Did you come right down here? No. I went outside for a few minutes in case she was watching me. That's good. Now you got to go back and get that money. He, he's dead by now. I, I can't go back. You've got to go now before the gas leaks into the hall and everybody knows about it. I, I can't. I can't do it. All right, I'll go myself. Where'd you say the money was? Pillow. Under his head. Stay here till I get back. Maybe. Maybe we ought to forget. No. Not after we've gone this far. Who's there? It's me, Mrs. Scully. Let me in. What do you want? Well, the people downstairs have been complaining. There's water leaking down the ceiling. Water? Yes. I'd like to take a look at the sink. Sure, sure. Huh. Funny. Pipes aren't leaking. This just a mistake, huh? Oh, they must be cranks. Floor's dry. Is that all, Mrs. Scully? No. You're a couple of days over on your rent. We'll have it for you tomorrow. Well, you better. I have to pay my bills, you know. 
Sure, I, I, I promise you. Well, all right. Say, didn't I pass you upstairs on the fourth floor a little while ago? Me? Oh. You must have me mixed up with someone else. It looked like you. Had you billed? Well, I haven't been out of this room for a couple of hours. Okay, Lou, I got uh, it. Dolly, Miss Scully. Oh. Hello, Mrs. Scully. Hello, Mrs. Dunn. I was just telling your husband about the rent that's... Do you smell gas? Yeah. Must be a gas jet open someplace. Well, you'd better take a look at your stove. Don't want any accidents in this house. No, neither do we. It seems to be coming from the hall. I'd better take a look at that empty room. You should have knocked before you came in. You almost gave the whole thing away. Yeah, I know. Had the money right in my hand. I only took half the dough, about $9,000, I figure. Cops question Mrs. Scully. We'll be done for. Yeah, she smelled the gas on me. They almost died in that room. We gotta get away from here. Maybe you're right. I'm getting kind of scared myself. Things ain't working out so perfect. Let's get packed. Okay. We better hurry. No, no, wait a minute. We ain't gonna pack. We're not gonna stay here. Listen, if we walk out with our suitcases, we'll be giving ourselves away. We just. They found out about Jensen. We gotta stay calm or we're dead pigeons. What should we do? We gotta get out of this house first. We can't go out the front door, not now. Maybe with all this excitement going on, we can sneak out without them noting. I tell you, I'm scared, Daddy. Oh, my. Come on. It's now or never. There's nobody at the front door. Well, that's a break. What's going on? The cops, they just came in. Quick, get back in the room before they see it. We'll never escape. I'll escape. There must be some other way. Dottie and Lou are in bad shape. My only hope is that they don't die of heart failure before the end of the program. That would be very embarrassing. Sometimes I wish the characters in our stories would show a little more nerve. They all get so flustered. It's not that they aren't first-quality villains, but they're too indecisive. Well, what do you think is going to happen to them? Oh, they'll probably turn on the gas again. Oh, please. And brew themselves a pot of... Lipton tea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you fooled me that time. And now I'm going to fool you. I'm not going to talk about Lipton tea. Instead, I'm going to tell you a story. Yes, it seems there's a true story behind that sterling silver medallion that the Lipton people are offering to the ladies. It's really a good luck charm. The original was given to an American flyer by Chinese guerrillas who rescued him after he'd bailed out over enemy territory. The flyer was told that the Chinese letters on the medallion would identify him and bring him safely through the lines. Well, he did get through. And only then did he learn that the medallion said, Good luck, in Chinese. Now, ladies, there's something to tell your friends. And to get this good luck charm, this lovely sterling silver medallion, just like the one the flyer carried, all you have to do is send 25 cents and the box top from a package of Lipton's the tea with the brisk flavor, to the Lipton Tea People, Box 92. That's Box 92, New York City. Well, now let's go back to our pale and panicky pair of murderers. If you remember, they ran back into their room when the police came in. And since then, they've been trying to figure a way out. Maybe they've got a plan. So let's take a look, shall we? 
We've got to think of something. How about that back stairway? I don't know where it goes. Well, it's better than staying here. Cops will see us. Got to take that chance. They're probably still upstairs. Come on. Let's hurry. Walk slow, you. I got to open the door to get to the back stairway. Well, open it slow. Well, the door's locked. Easy, fool. Maybe it's just rust. It's jammed. Let's both of us try to open it. So use the cops. I'll be down in a minute. Come on, come on. Let's push it. It's opening. Just a little bit more. We can just step through. You all right? Uh-huh. Like it's cold in here. Stairway goes down to the cellar, I guess. Come on. Another exit that leads out into the alley. Listen, that's the, that's the cops coming down to look for us. They come in the hallway stairs. We've got to hide. Here. Get behind this old sofa. Lie down, lie down on the floor. There's nothing you'll find down here. I hope you don't mind, lady, but we'd like to look over the premises. Look, this dust is killing me. I'm going to sneeze. No, I can't. You won't. It's just a waste of time looking for anything here. All right. Let's get out. There's too much dust here. Daddy. 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 I killed him. Daddy. Please get out. Oh. oh, I'm glad you're not dead. You tried to kill me. I had to put my hand over your mouth. You'd have sneezed. We've been caught. Let's get out of this dusty hole. Get these barrels away. We can get out through the alley. Well, get a little safer out on the street. Please, will you stop looking back? There's someone following us. There's nobody following us. I tell you, there is. I know all the detectives in New York must be looking for us. Stop acting so suspicious. Turning around all the time. We gotta look like normal people. Normal? I've never been so scared in all my life. I told you not to turn around. It's the same guy. Who are you talking about? Take a look at yourself. Guy with the gray hat. He could. He could be just an ordinary guy. Maybe we just think he's following us. We gotta get away from him. No, look. Hold my hand. We'll fool him. Make believe we're in love. What's the matter with you? I don't get it. Act like you're crazy about me. Act it for real. Go on. What am I supposed to do? Say I'm say I'm wonderful. Say I'm the I'm the sweetest girl in the world. Go on. You're crazy. Do what I tell you. You're the sweetest girl in the world. Oh, say it like you mean it. Hurry up. You're wonderful. I love you. I love Put your arm around my shoulder. I think I'm doing it good. Now, walk slow. Act like we don't care where we're going. They catch up to he us. He can always catch up to us. You gotta make him think we're the wrong people he's following it. Keep talking love to me. You're wonderful. I'm crazy about you. You're wonderful too, Lou darling. I've waited all my life for somebody like you. I don't know what I'd do without you. You're still following us. Yes, sweetheart. We gotta figure out something. Maybe we can give him the slip in the subway. Yeah. Look, I'll go in the subway first. You go in the cigar store. He'll follow you. I'll wait for you on the platform. 
You come down a few minutes after me. Have a nickel already. Then as soon as the train pulls in, wait till the doors are closing. Then drop your nickel in the slot. I'll hold the door open for you. Whoever is following won't be able to make it. You understand me, dear? Well, what if he arrests me first? He won't. Look, here's where I go down the subway. You go into the store. Kiss me. Okay. Darling? Don't forget to wait until the doors are closing. Find you. What's going on in the center of the platform for everybody to see me? I thought you'd run out of me. Well, maybe I should have. You had? Try to give myself up? Yes, you would. Where are we going? Next station. We'll get a bus going to New Jersey. Maybe we ought to ride a little further. Getting off here. Let's beat it. What are you hanging around? Wait a minute, wait a minute. We gotta hide this money so they won't have anything on us in case we get caught. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. We can come back for it later, huh? Hide it right underneath the platform. Yeah, that's a good spot. There's no one in the station. Let's do it fast. Here's the money. I'll hold you while you bend over. All right. Be careful you don't drop it. Now, hold on good. I'm liable to fall. Hurry up before somebody comes along. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's hidden. Let's go. We'll be back for it in a day or so. Now put your arm around me while we go up into the street. I can't do it anymore. If you don't do what I'm leaving you. No, don't. That's better. Sweetheart. Yeah. I guess you're the best girl for me. Just wouldn't know what to do without me. Would you, darling? Don't turn around. There's nobody following us. There's a cop right behind us. He must have radioed a description of us. Cops don't follow people. They arrest them if they think they're guilty. Well, maybe he ain't sure. Maybe he's watching us first. We'll turn the corner. Without hurrying. You do love me, don't you? Uh, I love you... More than anybody else in the world. I love you, too. You're right. We are being followed. What are we going to do? There's a factory up ahead. We'll make believe we're going in on the night shift. That ought to throw them off the track. We'll get caught in the building. Well, it's worse out here on the street. When the cop sees us going to the factory, he'll think he's made a mistake and they'll leave us alone. Hang on to me tight and walk slow. Is this the building? Yeah. We'll walk in just as if we belong here. He hasn't followed us in. No, it worked fine. We can stay here for a few minutes and then we're... It's the cop. We're caught. Let's take the elevator up. Come on. Floors, please. Uh, 16th. There's no one on the 16th. It's empty, ma'am. Uh, she means a 15th. Yeah. 
Hurry up, please. We're, we're very late. In a second. There's an officer coming in. Thank you for waiting. Floor, please. Just take these people wherever they're going. Yes, sir. Watch the door. Where are you two going? Uh, fifteenth floor. Who are you seeing on the fifteenth floor? What do you want with us? We didn't do anything. I just asked you who you're seeing on the fifteenth floor. We we work up there. Let's see. Fifteen, please. Come on, Lou. Just a second. Run, Lou. Run. Round the corner. He'll shoot at us. Hurry up. He'll kill us. Stop or I'll shoot. There's a freight elevator. So good. If we can make it, we can slam the door and run it ourselves. Wait a minute. Hurry up, Lou. I'm going as fast as I can. Quick. Stop. Stop. the elevator. Stop, you get killed. Those poor devils. Operator, get me precinct 23. Oh, hello, Lieutenant. This is Officer Malone. I want to report a double suicide. Their names are Lewis and Dorothy Dunn. I knew they were going to do it, and I tried to stop them. I saw him in the subway station. The man was trying to jump off the platform, but the woman was holding him back. He changed his mind, and they went upstairs at... Looked like a lover's suicide pact to me. And I saw them holding each other around and kissing in the street. I followed them from the subway into this building, and when I asked them a few questions, they got frightened, got off on the 15th floor. Well, I did. I tried to stop them, Lieutenant. They, they ran down the corridor and then threw themselves down an empty elevator shaft. Dead. There's doornails, yeah. Uh, Lieutenant, you know, the funny part of it is, they lived in the same house where that old crackpot, Jensen, committed suicide by gas a few hours ago. Hmm? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, that sure is an unlucky house. <laughs> well... <laughs> That's one way of getting rid of the Duns, making them throw themselves down the elevator shaft. Not a very pleasant way, I'll admit, but business is business. We just don't fool around with characters like that. Well, I can't help feeling sorry for them. Those poor people probably never had a lucky day in their lives. And it's your fault, Mary. You should have given them one of those good luck charms you've been talking about. You know... The medallion with the black ribbon. Yes. If the medallion didn't bring them good luck, they could always hang themselves with the ribbon. (laughs) Now you stop that kind of talk. Because Lipton's sterling silver medallion on its black rayon satin ribbon is a lovely piece of jewelry. But you may never own it if you don't act now. The Lipton tea people make it easy for you. Listen. Just send 25 cents and the box top from a package of Lipton's, the tea with the brisk flavor, to the Lipton tea people, 
Box 92, New York City. The 25 cents includes the full cost of packing and postage. And now, a word of advice. If the elevator service is bad and you're in a hurry, just throw yourself out of the window. (laughs) Oh, by the way, this month's Inner Sanctum Mystery novel is The Red Right Hand by Joel Rogers. Oh, and I must tell you about next week's story. It takes place on the high sea, but it's about a man who doesn't like singing. Yes, singing seems to strike the wrong note with him, and he goes around opening up throats with a knife to find out just what makes that wrong note. (laughs) So... If you're one of those guys who sings in the shower, just cut it out before next week's killer does it for you. (laughs) Now it's time to close the squeaking door until next Tuesday, when Lipton Tea and Lipton Soup present another Inner Sanctum Mystery, directed by Hyman Brown. Good night. Pleasant dreams. And remember to tune in next Tuesday night for another Inner Sanctum Mystery. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow night, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy entertain, followed by Gunsmoke. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.